0: and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, hello. This is Megan with Megan Thompson Coaching, and I'm here with a very special guest today. We're going to talk all about what to do when you feel like you shouldn't have had kids in the first place. Now, this is incredibly controversial. Parenting a highly sensitive child is very hard as well. And so we're not here to sugarcoat things at MTC. We're gonna talk all about that worry, that biggest automatic thought that just eats away at you at night today. And so be prepared to understand, but also move forward from how to deal with the side effect of the meltdown cycle. Now, here at MTC, we help parents break out of the meltdown cycle. This means that you are dealing with daily meltdowns, multiple times a week meltdowns, even multiple times a day, where your child is losing their mind. They might be out of control in their bodies, in their words, throwing, kicking, hitting, saying things like they wish that they weren't alive or that life would be better off without them, even going so far as saying that you hate them or that they don't think that you love them or that they don't love you. And this is devastating to hear as a parent, especially if you're focused on eliminating this meltdown cycle and you've tried all the things to break out of that pattern. It can feel incredibly tiring. And so today we're gonna talk about where you could be stuck in this pattern if this is the experience that you're having. Now, it's very true that you could also be parenting a sensitive teen if your sensitive teen is completely shut down and not able to share with you why they are isolating, holding up in their room and just unable to access support from you or share with you that they wanted to to feel better. And so we're gonna be covering this too because that's the refusal isolation cycle that's typically more relevant for sensitive teenagers. And it's also true that we see this with sensitive children. I like to affectionately call them um, icicle children, children who just go into themselves and they are frozen like icicles. So we think about that that thawing process and, and being able to break out of this pattern. There's a lot of factors. Uh, that are are taken into account and breaking out of this meltdown cycle. And today we're going to talk about your own experience as a parent in that and, and what you can do to turn this around. And so when we think about noticing the incredible component of of you as a parent and how you can be influencing your highly sensitive child. I have our very special guest here today, Nicolo. This is uh, Dr. Nicolo Bernardi. He has his PhD in neuroscience. He's been working with us for quite some time now as our team mindset coach. And so, Nicolo, welcome.
1: Hello, Megan. Thank you so much.
0: Yes, so, so happy to, to have you uh, today and, and share your knowledge with our audience. And so uh, I would love to be able to talk about the deep experience that parents can be struggling with in yep. dealing with this, this meltdown cycle, right? Um, so share with me some of your observations when, when we see parents, when they first start to work with us and be, being yeah. able to communicate their needs and what they want to be able to Uh, to achieve out of this, uh, breaking out of this meltdown cycle.
1: Totally. So linked to the theme of today, the theme is, wow, sometimes I feel that I, I maybe didn't want to be a parent, don't want to be a parent anymore. And that it's something really um, painful to to realize. And uh, when we look at this, you know, in the beginning of the of the journey in the course we realize that there are actually a number of um, components to that and so one experience that builds into that that feeds into that is uh when we don't want to be around our kids mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. counterintuitive and uh, painful is to feel that is something that comes up quite often early on mm-hmm. I, I know i should be down there playing with them i know mm-hmm. that i should be having fun but mm-hmm. i gotta tell you the truth that's not where I want to be, I'd rather be mm-hmm. some somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. with that, the experience of uh, pain and shame that come from uh, mm-hmm. just having that feeling. So that's mm-hmm. one common mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. we hear at the beginning and that uh, you know becomes then the the object of closer uh, mindset uh, work. Mm-hmm. And uh, another one very related is not only i I'm, I don't want to be around them, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like I can have any time for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. My day feels like it's just a constant, uh, you know, trying to uh, recuperate from the previous meltdown, get all those laundry and meals done mm-hmm. and takes forever to get to sleep mm-hmm. or sleep and then next day on. And so there's this experience of, I can't get to uh, recharge, which further feeds into the you know what i'd rather not do this i'd rather just not be a parent anymore right and how you know increasingly devastating and disturbing is that realization that we need time for ourselves mm. to recharge but it doesn't seem to happen anytime mm. mm-hmm.
0: Yes. And one of the patterns that you're pointing out Nicola, which I think is so important to understand is this, this, the symptom of walking on eggshells, right? Because when parents notice that their kid is, is in the middle of a meltdown or about to start a meltdown, or you're just trying to avoid the meltdown in the first place, the very second that your child is relaxed, happy, and playful, that is the very second that you get to check in with yourself right? And so it can be very sad as a parent to experience this moment when your child is happy and wants to retreat, right? And that's a side effect of the experience of this meltdown cycle, walking on eggshells and constantly being hypervigilant and constantly trying to stay out of, of danger and literally negotiating with a bomb expert or, or treating your child like a, tick, like a ticking time bomb, is the experience of many of the parents that we work with, right? And, um, you know, just that constant tension you're carrying in your body, of course, you're going to want to go down and, you know, lay down and check your screen, right? Or just completely check out or only focus on the to-do list because then you feel productive for the day. And that whole component of being able to observe that this isn't the way that you wanted to parent or that this isn't the way that you thought, Parenting would be is incredibly important to address when we're breaking out of that meltdown cycle, right? You Can't just yeah. teach your kids skills <laughs> if we're not addressing this this avoidance because of how long it's been we've been dealing with this pain.
1: Yeah, and as uh, the kinds work with uh, trying to address this uh, before they join into boot camp, there is another snag there, another trouble that they often mm-hmm. run into that is. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be on the same page between the mm-hmm. two parents, mm-hmm. and what used to be a relationship that actually was flowing really beautifully and positively yeah. between the two adults, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden becomes so uh, fractured uh, and full of opportunities for little conflicts and disagreement and misunderstandings. And that is because, uh, I mean, there isn't an understanding of what is really going on. And everybody, the two parents, is trying to understand it from their lenses. Mm-hmm. And usually this ends up kind of split into polarities when one person is doing the, oh, we should get this under control now, we should get tough, we should all of that. And the other person is, well, I don't know, we should perhaps just uh, um, prevent things from happening and uh, go with the flow. and. And the relationship between the two adults who are the two people that hold the solution becomes actually additional source of the problem, which contributes to, you know what I preferred when we didn't have this kid and we were just getting along, why it is so hard to get along now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And to speak of that and to your spouse or co-parent has got to be incredibly difficult, right? so when we hear parents, um, deal with this fear or or express that regret, it can be um, easy for the other parent to swoop in and justify that everything's actually going to be okay, right? Okay. And um, and and that can actually feel incredibly isolating for the parent who feels uh, this level of regret because you know it's not going to be okay if you don't make significant changes, right? And and so when one spouse is just trying to make you feel better. <laughs> um and 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 take away your pain it actually feels incredibly invalidating and so we think about what parents do to try to turn this around right like what are they doing they're sitting on google trying to break out of this pattern right um spending late nights up just trying to um to change the um the the experience monday morning quarterbacking the the last meltdown what could i have done differently or uh, actually i can't believe you said that to your kid which can 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 be how the conversation starts if we're walking on eggs all day, right? Just um, irritable and and not our best selves, and this drives a further wedge because you know that especially in two parent households, though we, we work with plenty of single parents, uh, those those circumstances of uh, shared responsibility uh, aren't necessarily communicated very effectively when you're under yeah. grand stress, under under right? Grand
1: stress, yeah. No, At- yeah. 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 And so some of the some of the attempts at solving the problems that we see that come out of that kind of uh, um, Google-based uh, attempt at working on this is the focus on symptoms. And mm-hmm. so what we see is that there is a lot of trying to um, eliminate the problems, but the problem is understood in terms of it's more visible and immediately disturbing symptom. Mm-hmm. And there isn't an appreciation of the deeper uh, dynamics and causes. And what it's crazy about that is that when we focus on symptoms, say, for example, stop the yelling, mm-hmm. you know, it is using yelling a lot, and we need to have them stop yelling. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because everything we try and do paradoxically creates a situation where the cause of the yelling doesn't get addressed and it's exacerbated. Mm-hmm. Right? It's mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know, trying to <laughs> hit a, a rule. Uh, by mm-hmm. adding more more heating but there is a open window but we don't yeah. know that the window is open and so right. we're adding more and more heat and so we're yeah. spending a lot of money and the room doesn't get warmer no but we just kind of try and make it more and more heat and we exactly. see the bill growing up and, exactly. and it doesn't solve the problem
0: exactly exactly so when we're looking at the the problem it's something that autumn on our team often says to parents the problem is not the problem <laughs> On <laughs> our on our meetings, and and when we look at the deeper issues and and why it's so incredibly important to address your own mindset as a parent uh, of a highly sensitive child, and how you see your kid, how you see yourself, how you respond to your kid, how much you take things personally, in any dynamic in the family uh, interactions is incredibly important because you need to be able to see that your child is capable. And um, if you're stuck in feeling hurt by your child's actions, uh, then it would be very tough, right? Just for our clients, we talk about this a lot with our clients, um, to see our kid as well mean, to see their kid as well meaning, right? As trying, as, um, you know, in those moments, right? Because obviously uh, the parents listening into our show or watching the show, wherever they're catching it they're not doing that because they don't like their kids in the sense that they think their kids are are evil, right? They're doing this because they're fried. They're they're trying to get out of the cycle. And of course you love your children. You wouldn't, if you didn't love your children, you have ill intentions towards your children. You wouldn't be watching what we have to say and, and, and listening to us or following us. Right. And so of course that experience of responding, like your kids doing this on purpose. Um, can really drive a pretty big wedge between you and, and your child in that relationship, right? And so um, when we think about the exhaustion, I'd love for us to talk about um, some of the the changes that parents need to be able to focus on in order to break out of that pattern of exhaustion. What needs to come first, right? Mm-hmm. We speak a lot about that. As parents, we go first.
1: Yeah, and that exhaustion, often comes by uh, not knowing how to uh, work for the parent with Mm -hmm. the emotions that are involved in uh, parenting, especially parenting a highly sensitive uh, child, which is a little different than parenting the average 80% of the population, Joe. Mm -hmm. Um, And so two examples of um, sources of exhaustion here. One is, the shutting down. Shutting down all the emotions is one of the things that mm-hmm. sometimes people resort uh, as a strategy in terms of, so you know what, I can handle this in any other way than just not feeling anymore my feelings.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And here's the thing, it takes a lot of energy to shut all of that down. <laughs> it takes <laughs> okay. a lot of covering up and trying to compartmentalize, it's exhausting. So that's mm-hmm. one of the sources, of the exhaustion. Another source of the exhaustion is for uh, the people who have a very different strategy than shutting down, it's rather uh, indulging in negative spirals, whether it's mm-hmm. regret, worry, or anger, usually mm-hmm. one of these three, uh, that is the other way. I'm not shutting down, I'm going all in, and I'm just yeah. gonna ride spin. the loop, spin. Yeah. And that again, takes a big toll leaves you really um,
0: tired. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so when I, you know, we, we mentioned that just trying to run through your day of what you could have done differently, or what if this happens tomorrow, what am I going to do? And mm. all that, that takes an incredible amount of energy in, in that moment, as Nicola just said. And, and in addition to that, it takes an incredible amount of energy to break out of that pattern, because it is such an automatic pattern to feel like you are um, solving the problem by trying to uh, run through potential problems. And uh, that is something we teach our clients not to do and how to to avoid that, right? Um, Because your relationship with how much you beat yourself up through this whole process, your relationship with yourself is incredibly important to address when, uh, when you're breaking out of this meltdown cycle. You won't be able to move forward if you're stuck in shame yourself, right? Shame keeps you stuck. And um, being able to move out of that experience of shame is a life skill that every human needs, and uh, especially highly sensitive kids and and as parents you need to be able to do that yourself. Um, And and so when we think about how right the focus is on a simple strategy, because this is already very complicated. (laughs) Uh, we're already talking about being able to, um, to stop the complication, right? To uh, so stop the overcomplication the parents can get stuck in. Um, and, and, and part of it is noticing this is a very complicated problem, um, but we can, we can slow down the solution enough to make it simple, not easy, but simple to break out of uh, by focusing on pillars of, of change. For families. And so before we get into that kind of specifics, Nicola, I just wanted to check with you if there's any more for us to cover related to where parents feel stuck, what, what parents are, re- are working on um, to try to get out of this, things that people miss often and what they share with you that's been the most frustrating part of their journey um, prior mm-hmm. to trying to solve this with us and, and actually solving it with us.
1: Right. And so, well, one first thing to mention is that uh, the shame spiral that you were describing uh, is uh, playing out in the parents. And often that is not fully recognized that something that is actually happening and Mm -hmm. that is contributing to the problem. And so part of the work is, wow, beginning to recognize there is a lot going on in me as a parent Mm -hmm. that is affecting what is happening in the relationship with the child. And uh, this is the beauty of this work. Once we recognize that and we learn how to turn it around, everything else begins to actually turn around uh, uh, surprisingly fast. Mm -hmm. It's kind of mind-blowing to me how uh, entrenched are the um, challenging situation that we face when we see clients at the beginning. Yeah, And then how, uh, relatively speaking, with respect to the years of trying, uh, but, you know, trying addressing the symptom, how quickly once we start to address the cause the situation start to unravel and so mm-hmm. the kind of that sense of exhaustion and shame is often uh, a very powerful entry point for the work and one that most people at the beginning say what mm-hmm. <laughs> i thought we were going to help uh, joe stop yelling yeah and, yeah uh, yeah it just it takes a different mindset a different different understanding of what is going on one that is based mm-hmm. on deep causes and not
0: symptoms Yes, exactly, right? Because if we're just focused on the symptoms, then um, the, then what we're doing is we're staying in the symptoms. When you think about a situation, um, an injury that requires surgery, which is basically where we, um, what we do here at MTC with the families, what we're doing is being able to observe um, pretty significant issues in the family dynamic and, and strategically, surgically addressing them, right? without treating people like they're broken, without treating people like they're fragile. And um, many parents will come to us with strategies that they've tried before that were basically just putting Band-Aids on giant wounds. And, um, and those experiences have left them feeling tired, fried, and, and, um, and, and exhausted. And, and so when we look at the cause of the bleeding, right? Um, we we'll look at the cause of the issue um that open window, right? That's letting all the heat out of the room. And you shut the window,
1: <laughs>
0: then lickety split that that house. Gets <laughs> so much warmer, right? Mm-hmm. And and so um the the transformation for some people might feel like it's it's um it could be too good to be true. Like uh you know if if a typical therapy journey is an average a year plus. Yeah. Um then you know how does MTC do it in, in eight weeks, right? And yeah. and how does the strategy work in eight weeks? And the objective out of this pattern is in focusing on those principles that as parents you got to go first, you got to break out of that pattern because you're the one that's keeping it, keeping the window open, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I,
1: I was just earlier today with a client and celebrating the the end of their journey and uh, and i just captured a few words because they mm-hmm. speak about what you what you know i'm talking today yeah. these are the words of this person uh we were sinking
0: uh,
1: and now it feels like we have a boat uh, and we are seeing a lot of resilience and the ability to paddle weird to weird. learn and move forward
0: yeah that's it Oof. right right you're plugging holes i'm not even on the boat sometimes um now you have a boat and so you you know parents uh, you're, as a parent of a highly sensitive child you're very capable and without the right skills or without a boat you're going to sink <laughs> of course mm. all right so so then we focus on the, the correct strategy what works right there needs to be five simple things that a parent of highly sensitive child stuck in the meltdown cycle needs to focus on right first and foremost we've just spent today focused on the majority of that right which is how you are keeping the pattern spinning how you're keeping that cycle continuously happening. Are you literally looking straight at the window and saying, nope, irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> I want this breeze and I want the heat to be in my house with that too. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't fit. And then, um, you know, how you think about your child, your child's needs and how you respond to yourself. And that's incredibly important. Something that you can break out of uh, some really significant ineffective patterns. It doesn't need to take uh, years and years of therapy doesn't need to take years and years of personal development work through books and journaling um, or you know yoga and uh, introspective time, whatever whatever resource that you take to spend an hour a week right um, that component when you spend strategic multiple hours in a week focus uh, can can really turn things around a lot faster and being able to turn this around, allows you to be able to enjoy those play times with your kid and to do that strategically. Teach your child in a way that they learn and the way that you'll learn, which is through play. Highly sensitive children learn through play much, much more effectively than uh through conversations that you've been having over and over and over again, just like you. You know, you've been having conversations with yourself over and over and over again on how you can change how you're responding to your kid. And it hasn't worked. And so we need to make sure that that uh, pattern is is changing in the whole family dynamic. And then we got to focus on being strategic, right? We can't just uh, focus on every single thing that your kid is doing that's that's not getting their needs met or isn't, isn't uh, helpfully contributing to the family dynamic. You have to focus on one at a time. And that requires patience. <laughs> you know, we work with the parents that we work with, right? Um, dealing with this problem for six, seven, eight years before they get to us. Um, it can be incredibly difficult to wait just four weeks, right? <laughs> um, and yet it's still relevant. You still need to wait to, to watch your child respond um, and to learn all the skills in, in a strategic way because um, getting all the skills and trying to apply them willy-nilly is, isn't going to work either. So you need to be able to strategically implement change with your child in a way that doesn't berate them. Um, yeah. And I'm saying that specifically. Go ahead, Neil. you want
1: Yeah, Megan, yeah, there is something else here to be said because uh, one of the um, signs of when people have been focusing on symptoms for a long time is that then the reflex becomes to look for quick fixes. Yeah. And, uh, and the interesting thing about the work on root causes is that uh, it actually happens pretty fast, but it doesn't yeah. happen overnight. Right. <laughs> and so... Uh, Part of the journey here is uh, learn to do what um, what works, mm-hmm. and then sticking to what works mm-hmm. for a sufficient amount of time. You know, when right. we plant crops, they don't <laughs> come up the next day. Right. It takes it takes a few weeks yeah. of doing the right thing, preparing the soil in the right way putting the water down and doing it again and again and again and for several days you don't see anything happening and that's totally normal right that's how you know that the process of growth happened but when we have spent a lot of time kind of uh, following the oh my god i'm feeling so stressed i just need to fix this right now let me give something that will create some instant relief Uh, Mm -hmm. we lose the ability to see what, what, yeah. what is the pattern of actually development and growth? and so that's uh-huh. one of the other things that, as you speak about this pillar, um, you know we need to we, we work on right away as mm-hmm. people work here in the program.
0: Exactly. And, and you also need accountability and support from a yeah. rock star mi- mindset coach like you to make sure that you're not digging the seeds up to see if they're growing. <laughs> all right like you know when we think about um you know you can you can go take i mean parents can can listen to us and be like okay i'm gonna playfully talk to my kid
1: exactly
0: uh, uh, about um keeping their hands to themselves right um because hitting their sibling immediately leads to sibling screaming, which then immediately leads to feelings of the child um, thinking that they're a bad kid, which then immediately leads to a meltdown. So you know what? If I can get my kid to stop hitting, then I can absolutely get my kid to stop melting down, right? Try, it, it seems like it makes sense in the sense that you know, focusing on the hitting behavior uh, could feel like the catalyst, right? Um, like the tipping point. Um, but in fact, that snowball started much higher, um, up the hill. And I know I always mix my metaphors, so hopefully people are following me, but what we're, what we're addressing here is noticing that when you have that playful conversation with your kid, it's not as simple as just having that, that, that conversation. And then, and then, um, you know, noticing that a day later, your kid's going to hit again and then asking them well wait a minute didn't you understand this are you are you sure you're gonna you know do you promise do you understand do you get it you know um because what you're doing in that in that experience is you're digging up those plants did I plant plant it right am I you know are you sure you have the right soil did I put the right seeds in did I um did I water enough are you still are you still wet (laughs) you know and um it's incredibly tedious to um just try to plant seeds with the that um you know, like the ones we did when we were in grade school or whatever. And I don't know. I, I'm guessing they have the had those in Italy too. <laughs> um, you know, like the the little gardens we had when we were little, mm-hmm. like just the examples, right? Or or the um, plastic solo cups we did in in kindergarten, right? Um, that's not how you grow a garden. That's how you practice growing a garden. And so when we're thinking about actually growing the garden of your child's skill set and and supporting your whole family and building those skills, it requires a, a lot more. Um, understanding of the problem than just looking at the behavior you want to see change Um, that is not the problem and um and being able to turn that around requires parents to know that um asking your kid if they understand your rules and if they understand what they're supposed to do and drilling it into them and even practicing with them multiple times um, isn't where your child needs to be focused your child needs to be focused on feeling like you understand them and that requires you to first get out of the way um, and, 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 and really look at, at how, your chi- how your child ticks, which you know, we already discussed. The brain of a highly sensitive person works differently than the brain of a non-highly sensitive person. Uh, there's been countless research on brain scans of highly sensitive people and how there is much more brain activity going on in a highly sensitive person than in a non-highly sensitive person Uh, when it comes to experiencing empathy, when it comes to experiencing and contemplating deep thoughts or complicated topics, as well as just in general. And so when we look at that uh, data and understand it on a deeper level of of taking that information and then applying it to particular uh, parenting tactics (laughs) to support children, um, the, the component of noticing what to prioritize first um, is is really, really critical. And so once families get that um, advice for us, because that is child specific, and it's it's incredibly important to look at each kid uniquely, um, that's where they feel like they are making that headway, right? Because um, having that clarity of what to prioritize is, is, is very important when you are stuck sinking without a boat, right? You need to learn how to get into the boat first before you start paddling. Um, heading towards your destination right if your objective is to get out of the ocean and onto the island uh, you know onto land and you're sinking and then you're given a boat y- you shouldn't grab on the side of it and start kicking because your end goal is to get to the um you know to get to the to the to the water quickly right mm-hmm. you, you or get to get to the land quickly it should be getting in the boat <laughs> using the paddle that happens to be in the boat right so there's there's steps that need to be taken specifically. Uh, and in breaking out of this pattern, that when you miss them, you just it just becomes an inefe- inefficient cycle.
1: Totally, and uh, um, specificity of each uh, child. I think it's a very important topic here. Uh, in you it's like um, yes, we are planting these beautiful seeds, but we are planting them in soils that have different compositions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And if we don't take that into account, but we just know, but well, I I, I saw that this is the amount of water, well, but it's very different depending on what's the temperature and uh, Mm -hmm. what's the climate like. And that is very different if you have a child that is four-year-old or six-year-old or eight-year-old or Mm 10-year-old or a teenager, Mm -hmm. very different um, shape and very different amount of uh, water uh, will be needed. And uh, different emphasis to different parts of the program. So this is uh, the beauty um, and the depth of this work is that it's not a one size fits all. there is a system here, but there is also the appreciation of how uh, we are uh, different and we have different needs. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, in in noticing that the meltdown isn't the, only behavior that the child and the families are able to impact um, is is important because when children or teens are shutting down, in addition to melting down, or hitting and, and engaging in aggressive behavior, or even um, you know as devastating as listening to your kids say that life would be better off without them, um, there's a lot of despair in that experience, a lot of grief the parents need to work through. And in order to cultivate hope that things are going to be different, you need a strategy because hope just keeps you floating, uh, right. And, And justifying that it'll all work out. And without a strategy, you, you can't get solutions out of hope, right. It's like squeezing water out of a stone. And so when we think about the experience of, um, what helps build stamina for parents in this, in this experience, um, the understanding that they are coming at a strategy that they might have tried with less context um, before is is also important. You know, Nicolo, you have the um, uh, fantastic role of helping the parents who, um, yes, but me. <laughs> <laughs> right and and so i'd love to you know the, and endearingly so right we work with phenomenal clients who have tried to solve this problem for so so long right and and so um when we give them advice to uh, just to do you know specifically related to the strategy advice on what to do and how to and, and how to say something to their kid if all they hear is the what to do um, they shut down from that, right. Then, then that component needs to be addressed as well. Right. Um, because, uh, the, how to solve the problem is, is much more important than the, what you're doing. Um, and that's where all those missing links get, get stuck. Okay. So how do we know what we do? Is going to work for anybody listening, right? If you're if you've been dealing with this problem, you've been trying to solve this problem in all kinds of different ways. You say, Megan, you know what? Actually, I do play with my kid. I do try to help my kid hear from me that I that I understand them. I do tell them that everything's going to be all right and um, that I'm here to support them. And um, I do uh, try to look at things in perspective and and focus on. Um, only, you know, specific behaviors that I see from my kid. And yet here I am still dealing with these daily meltdowns. uh, Then the conversation needs to be on whether or not we can help you, right? Um, Because we don't know if we can help parents without having a conversation with them. Uh, That The first and foremost important piece of what we do at MTC is that we only work with people whom we know that we can help. And, uh, that requires us to have a conversation with you in order to do that. You need to book a call with our team. We go to Megan backslash talk. I'm going to get on the phone with one of our coaches. Coaches are going to assess whether or not you guys are stuck with the problem that we solve. And uh, we'll help you get that clarity and break through that clarity into um, really systematically knowing exactly what's gonna what it's going to take to turn the problem around and, and to get to the solution that you've been looking for for your particular family. Um, not just specifically breaking out of the meltdown cycle, but living your family's dreams. You know, what is it that you really want for your family? We started the conversation talking about the fear that you experience and the dread and the guilt that you experience when your brain says i shouldn't have become a mother or i can't believe we had kids or life was so much easier when it was just me and my spouse and that gut punch that you experience um is is just one piece of the puzzle right and and so of course eliminating that experience and that judgment that you're having um in any given situation is is of course part of the solution but then the next question becomes, what do you get to think about? What, what amazing thoughts do you, do you want to have consistently in your home? What amazing experiences do you want to have consistently with your family and, and witness your children doing, right? Um, we don't stop there. We don't just stop at getting rid of the bad, <laughs> um, the unpleasant and, 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 and the difficult, uh, we focus on being able to create that life full of, of joy and peace and, and emotional freedom in the whole household. And uh, that requires a, a conversation uh, with a skilled expert who can identify uh, where you're stuck with you and then identify what specific strategy is going to work. And if that's what we do, you know, our strategy is it just lined out outlined here, uh, then we'll have that conversation with you directly on that phone. You can jump into fixing it immediately. And if that strategy is not what is going to be most appropriate, then our team will point you in the right direction, tell you exactly what professionals to uh, to seek out or what particular resources you need to be highlighting first uh, before we would be a fit, if that's part of your family's journey. All right, guys, we are happy to have that conversation with you. Can't wait to talk to you again. And uh, Nicola, thanks for joining me. And um,
1: Wonderful. Welcome again. to be here and talking yeah. with you all.
0: All right. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of how to parent your highly sensitive child, like a ninja. We release a brand new episode every week. So be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to Megan call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen, what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So, To see if we can help you do the same, head on over to MeganThompsonCoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson, and we look forward to speaking to you soon.